glory. This message coming this morning is going to greatly cause us to rise up. Greatly cause us to continue to be arisen. Right? And uh, I must say, I am really... Um, I will do everything else. Let me, okay, let me just do this first then. I just want to announce to you that the ushers will be at the doors for your offering afterwards. So get your offering ready. And then the announcement is that there will be message moments with me this afternoon at 5 o'clock. And then prayer and praise intensive weekend. The reason why we're calling it intensive is because it's intentional. It's a prayer and praise intensive. It's intentional. It's intense too in that there's going to be a lot packaged into the time. Carefully packaged by God for us. For him to be intentional with us and give us the most that he can on that weekend. And this is something that the Lord put on our hearts. So we've shifted the date. The date has changed. This announcement says due to a surprise we have for you, the date has changed to one week later. Please note that the weekend is the 2nd to the 4th of June. Please save the date and please cancel any arrangements that you have made. And don't be offended at the statement because you love God first anyway. You put him first. Plans can be changed. Hallelujah. Because God has a plan for that weekend for you. And so for you to say I'm not going to be there means I don't, I'm not really regarding that. I'm going to disregard the fact that he has got a plan for me for that weekend. I disregard it, Pastor Sharon. Right now, I'm telling you I'm not going to be there. And so that is disrespect and disregard for God. Right? And dishonor. So let's not. Let's honor the Lord that he has decided to meet with us in an intensive. Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay, so that's it. I've done well here. And I need to tell you that Pastor John, oh, I've got these things hanging here. Just let me get them off, okay? I didn't put them in my ears. Thank you. Let me just pull them out of here. This always happens to me. I get distracted. Okay. Thank you, Miranda. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much. All right. So I went silent on the broadcast, the live broadcast. I'm back. All right. Um, Miranda, can you just take this for me and this, please? So it's just, thank you. 
There we go. I've got that and that. Just in case the Spirit of God leads me there to many things that he's been speaking to me about since Pastor John's been gone. And uh, he sends all his love, by the way. I was going to say that, right? He says, I must please send all his love. And I believe that there's a clip from Brother Jerry. Uh, where is it, Miranda? Oh, we're going to send it to all of you after the service so that you can see what Brother Jerry is saying to you all. And uh, so the wonderful thing is, is that when Brother Jerry arrived for, his, for the bike tour, he arrived with a motorbike that we all bought him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so there was a lot of uh, excitement around that, you know. And um, they've been just having marvelous times. And uh, Pastor John said, be sure to send all of them my love. So he sends all of you, each and every one of you, you his love. Hallelujah. So. I'm continuing this morning. Can we just pray together before the word comes to our hearts? Father, we just come to say to you that our hearts are ready to receive now. Our hearts are listening. Our spiritual ears are listening. Our spiritual eyes are seeing, Lord. We're receiving And while we're receiving, we're believing. Father, you will find no questions, questioning and doubting in our hearts concerning your word, Father. We receive it directly and intentionally from you. And we thank you for speaking to us this morning in the precious name of Jesus. And we all say, Amen. What we do when we say amen is we say, so be it, Father, according to what I've said unto you. Right. So. So I must say that um, the Lord started speaking to me about many things concerning faith and I wrote them I I, I record what he says to me and so then when I went to listen to Pastor Garth's message on have faith in God and he said it was booming in his spirit those words are booming in my spirit Sharon have faith in God. Have faith in God. Sharon, have faith in God. Hallelujah. And um, as he ministered on the knowledge that you get that will cause you to doubt and ask many, many, many questions, the knowledge of this world, just head knowledge, even of the word, because the word is supposed to be hot knowledge head knowledge of the word you'll still find yourself asking many questions why is this not happening why is that not working why this why that have faith in God 
So the Lord began to speak to me before I listened to Pastor Garth's message about questions that arise in our hearts. And he began to say to me, I have some questions of my own. And so we're going to have a look at that today. So, doubt asks questions. So my message is Intentional Relationships. It's part four. And the title of the message is God-pleasing faith. God-pleasing faith. Faith that pleases God. Maybe that's a better way of putting it, Amy Randa. God-pleasing faith or faith that pleases God. Okay, see what flows better. Right, it's his time. I've already shared with that. And uh, we're going to turn to Mark 11. We're going to turn to Mark 11. When I turn to a scripture, I always turn to it as if I've never seen it before. As if I've never read it before. Because I find that when I do that, I stay fresh. The Holy Spirit can get some things fresh through that scripture to me. So that I don't just go, I know that scripture, I know that scripture, you know. That's familiarity. The wrong kind of familiarity, right? So I'm coming to the scripture. We come to the scripture today, Father. Mark 11 from the King James. Mark 11 from verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee the, the hereafter forever. And his disciples heard. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went out the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, in the church, in the house of God, right? In, a, in the building where people should be getting together to praise and pray, right? And, and, and they were buying and selling, and he overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And in verse 17 and he taught, saying unto them, he taught them why he did what he did. And he taught, it, is it not written, my house shall be called a of all nations the house of prayer? But you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him. They wanted it to be a money-making thing. Can you see that? Because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And when evening was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withering away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, there's a... There are quite a few translations that say of this. I just want to bring an aspect. Yes, have faith in God. But there are translations that say, have the faith of God. Have it. Have it. Have it. Have it. If you have something, you have it. It means you've taken it 
and you've activated it and you're living by it. Have it. Have the faith of God. Yeah. Because you've been given the measure. Pastor Garth read that scripture to you. We all have faith given to us. Most precious, most holy faith. Every one of us has been dealt the measure of faith. It's measureless. It's limitless. It's not like I'll give you a little bit of faith. I'll give you a little bit, you a little bit, you a little bit. No, it's dealt to each one of us. The, me- the measure. Have the faith of God. God has created us in his likeness to be like him, to have the faith that he has. So, have faith in God, verse 23, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. So doubt asks questions and shall not doubt. In his heart. God is not talking here about a physical mountain. He's talking here about spiritual mountains. Where you say that mountain of issues and things in your life. That mountain is so high. That mountain is so strong in front of me. This circumstance it looks so impossible that I quit. I, I can't see. A way over it, I can't see a way around it, and I can't see a way under it. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. God wants you to believe this, right? So, we're going to turn to Matthew 14. Matthew 14. And we're going to go to verse 23. This is talking about Jesus. And when Jesus had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship, so his disciples, he told his disciples to get into the boat and said, go to the other side. So his disciples were in the boat. Right, you don't have to be looking on your cell phones because you can read the scriptures up here, right? I'm just checking that you're not using your cell phones for purposes of distraction. So, I mean, yes, make notes, but don't use it and be dishonorable in the church when the Lord is speaking. The Lord is speaking right now. So, It says here, the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Can you see that? And in the fourth watch, I believe that's about four o'clock in the morning. 
In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be you, bid me come unto you on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. You have to see here that when Jesus said, come, faith came to him at the word of God. And he got out of the boat and he walked on the water. Have any of you ever walked on the water? No. No, none of you have ever walked on the water. That means he took a step and his faith in Jesus' command to come held him up above the water. And he took another step and his faith held him up above the water. He walked all the way to Jesus. He walked on the water to go to Jesus, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. That gives you the indication in me that he was close to Jesus. He had walked to Jesus for Jesus to immediately be stretching forth his hand. He take more than one or two steps. On the water. Glory to God. I mean, how amazing is that? Peter walked on the water to Jesus. Don't you want to say this with me? Peter walked on the water. Peter walked on the water. Hallelujah. And so... Then it says here, but it's this, um, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, verse 31, and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? That is a question that Jesus asks of us today. Jesus has questions to ask. The knowledge of the world may have caused questions and soul questions and mental gymnastics questions to ask. But Jesus asks, why? Why did you doubt? Why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? Why do you doubt God's word? Why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? You doubt because you have little faith. He had 
He had great faith to start off with. But when he got his eyes on the boisterous circumstances, he allowed fear to enter into his heart and it canceled out his faith and he sank in his circumstances, which is exactly what will happen to you and me when we start off with faith in our hearts because we believe. And we put our eyes on the circumstances Excuse me. On the circumstances, things are not changing. Things are getting worse. The, the situation is boisterous. It's tumultuous. And you allow the fear, that spirit of fear to come to you. And doubt starts arising in your heart. Then you start to sink into the mire of your circumstances. And Jesus will be there to lift you up. But that's not what God's maximum was for Peter. It wasn't God's highest and best. It wasn't Jesus' best. So doubt and fear will rob you of the maximum that God has got for you. Doubt and fear, they're twins. They will always rob you of God's highest and best. Jesus' best for Peter was that he walked all the way to Jesus and then went, walked with him back to the boat and climbed into the boat. What a testimony that would be. And don't you judge anybody else's faith just because they sank. Don't you judge until you've been in their circumstance, until you've walked on the water and taken those few steps at least. Don't you judge someone else's faith. Because Jesus will help them. Because they knew what it was like to have faith to walk on the water. They'll never be the same again, even though they did sink. And Jesus is there to help us to continue in our faith walk. So we don't judge Peter just because he sank. No, he walked on the water. And then he did what you've done a lot of times, you and I. We see the circumstances and we get afraid and we let go of our faith. It's exactly what happened to Peter. So, Jesus asked the question, O thou of little faith, your faith didn't last. You got out of the boat with great faith. But that, that word little means it didn't last. It didn't last. You've got to stay in faith and let it last until you see the manifestation. Like Abraham. 25 years for the promise to come true for him to have his son. Glory to God. So God asks us the question this morning. Why do you doubt? Jesus asks questions of us. Let's turn to Mark 4. 35. Mark 4, 35. King James Version. 
And the same day, when the evening was come, Jesus said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was, in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm. There's another great storm that arises, the storms of life that come to all of us. Another, there arose another great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. The ship was full of water. So you may say, my circumstances are full. I'm going to drown. But stay with the scripture to see what God wants to teach you and I this morning. Hallelujah. Um, okay. Mark four thirty-five. That's where I am. And the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, okay, there arose a great storm of wind. The waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Our precious Jesus, when he was on earth, he was at the back of the ship in the midst of this great storm, sleeping with his head on a pillow. Isn't that beautiful? Glory. And they woke him up. They awake him and say unto him, Master, care you not that we perish? There's their question. Is that a question you say of God? Don't you care? Look what's happening to me and my circumstances. Don't you care? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, actually, and he asked them. He asked them, Why are you so fearful? Why are you fearful? I mean, he was asking them a question, right? And he asks you and I that same question still today. When you're afraid, he will say to you, why are you so fearful? Why? Why are you so fearful? And I'd have to answer him and say, because I have no faith. If he had to ask me, when I'm so afraid in a circumstance that I'm asking him even, don't you care? And he'll say to me, why are you afraid? I'd have to answer him and say, I have no faith. Moment of honesty. Right? A moment of honesty. He was very direct with his disciples when they, couldn't, he, when they couldn't cast out that demon and heal that young boy. They said, why could we? Jesus, well, they asked him a question. Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said to them, because you have no faith. You have no faith. You had no faith to do it. 
Oh, okay, Jesus. They had cast out demons before. Jesus just earlier on in that chapter said to them, go and preach the gospel, cast out demons. So they were, they had been appointed to cast out demons. But in that occasion, he said to them, you couldn't do it because you had no faith to do it. You let your faith slip. You let it slip. You looked at the circumstances of this crazed child and you doubted. You questioned. And so you couldn't. You got double-minded, so don't suppose that you would receive anything that you could actually manifest my power to cast that demon out because you doubted. You're doubting. So God has need of our faith always to be active. He has need that our faith be active consistently, continually, all the days of our life. Not to slip in and out of it. Now I've got faith, now I've got no faith. Now, I've got, now I trust, now I doubt. Now I trust, now I doubt. No. Consistent, constant in our faith. Every day. You can live by faith continually. And I'm going to be giving you a little bit of a clue at the end, but I'm going to be teaching very powerfully on it on the prayer and praise intensive weekend of how you can live constantly strong in your faith. Ho! Yo! Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! It's what I'm capable of as a new creature. It's to always be strong in faith. Strong in faith. Hallelujah. Just like Jesus was when he was on the earth. I have the capacity to be strong in faith all the days of my life. God has been greatly encouraging me in my faith. Greatly encouraging me. He's been reminding me of some times that my faith was so strong and so powerful that I would speak a word and it would be. And he said to me, Sharon, you've already got that in your legs. Like a cyclist has got the, the miles in his legs. You've already got it in you. It's already in your day and DNA. I want you to arise. I want you to have now at this time. You have to have great faith, Sharon, because that's the only way you're going to overcome the world, the world system and the world institutions. It's the only way you're going to overcome. This is that which overcomes the world system, the world institutions, even our faith, Sharon. The fallen world, it's the only way you're going to overcome. You cannot overcome them with intellect and knowledge. Hallelujah. And so, Jesus calms the storm. We're going to go to Romans 4, verse 20, from the Amplified Bible. We're going to have a look at Abraham. Romans 4, verse 18. Right. Romans 4, verse 18, Amplified Bible. Is it up? Right. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone. 
His boat was full of water. Human reason for hope being gone. Big mountain. Huge obstacle. Hoped, he hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. So numberless shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith. He did not weaken in faith. The King James says the same thing. The Amplified's just amplifying it, making it louder. <laughs> Will you listen? Will you listen, Sharon? Will you listen, Heritage of Faith people? He did not weaken in faith when he considered the boisterous waves, when he considered the boat that was full of water, he did not weaken in faith. When he considered the utter impotence of his own body, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own utter impotence to have anything to do to, to, with the situation. Impotence. Means no power. There was, nothing, there was nothing in his body going. But when you are, are, are having a sense of impotence, there's nothing I can do about this. There's nothing I can do about this. This is, you know, then you do not weaken in faith. You do not weaken in faith. You be like Abraham, your father of faith. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. No, here's, here's it, here's it, here's it now. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubt or doubtingly question. Doubtingly question. I've got questions about this faith walk of mine, Lord. I'm, I'm questioning. To question is to doubt. To question is to doubt. Zechariah asked God, asked the angel an unbelieving question, full of doubt in his heart. And God knew that. And the angel knew that because God showed him that. That's why he said to Zechariah, your mouth will be shut because this has got to happen. Mary asked God a practical question. I'm ready for this, Lord. You've got me. I'm going for this. But how will this be? Just a different question. It wasn't a questioning of, I doubt what you're saying to me. This is not going to happen. She was just asking a practical question. How will this be? The angel says, the spirit of God is going to come upon you and then that thing which is going to be born of you is going to be the son of God. Be it unto me according to your word. Immediately. Be it unto me according to your word. Very different kind of question. Very different kind and type of question. So, So to question, I just want to read this to you. 
to question. To doubt and question. To question, question, question. They see that knowledge gives you, makes you so question so many things. To question is to have a doubt. A doubt controversy. To doubt of, to be uncertain of, to have no confidence and to call in question. I call in question the truth of your word. I call in question the authority of your word. I call in question. There was another question God, Jesus asked in another place in the Bible. He said, if I speak the truth, then why don't you believe me? Why don't you believe me? God has got questions all of his own. Adam, where are you? What is this that you have done? But here we see, look at Abraham. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith. Abraham grew strong and he was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word, to do what he had promised. That is why his face was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham, you believe me, you're right with me. You're right with me, Abraham. You're right with me, Abraham. You believe what I say to you? You're not questioningly doubting? You're not wavering? You're not even considering the impotence of your circumstances? You are right with me. Righteousness is when you are doing right. By God, according to his word. Right. So, the next point that the Lord wants me to make here is it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. Why would you think it's impossible to please him without faith? Because he can do nothing that's impossible for you. Because you are without faith. That's why he's not pleased. Because he wants to do the impossible for you. But you're saying what he says is impossible. So it is impossible to please God without your faith being switched on and active, without your, you being like Abraham. 
Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. You must believe that he is who he says he is. You must believe he is what he says in his word. You must believe that he is what he says he is in his word. You must believe his word. And that he is a rewarder of what? Of your faith. Your faith is rewarded. Abraham's faith was rewarded. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Those that consistently remain in faith. This word impossible is a Greek word adonatos, which means unable, incapable, incompetent, weak, passive, without strength, impotent. That's what that word impossible means. You, because you are impossible for God to actually deal with. Because you've said it's impossible. Because you are weak and incompetent and impotent and passive and without strength. You are not pleasing to God. He wants you like Abraham to be empowered by faith like Abraham was empowered by faith. He wants you to be in a state of faith where you are being empowered by your faith. Because this word adonatus is a compound word because dunatus means this, powerful, capable, possible, strong, capacity to. Right. So let's go to 1 John 2.15 in the King James. Because this is a very big deal that God wanted to emphasize today. He wants you strong in faith because it's the only way that you personally and me is going to overcome the world system in us. What is in us of Babylon? What is in us of the institutions, of the philosophies, of the ideologies. It's the only way you are going to get it out of you is with your faith overcoming everything it says to you. Everything it suggests to you is your faith kicks in and you say, no, the word of God says
without faith, without your faith, intentionally directed towards overcoming all that's in the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all that's in the world, you are of the world. Because the only way you get to be not of the world, in the world but not of the world, is with your faith. Only your active faith can overcome what the world system suggests to you. How to live, how to speak, how to walk, how to work. Right? 1 John 2.15 Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the world system, the institutions, the philosophies, the way they go about things, if any man loves that way, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires and lusts of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, what I see in the world, and the pride of life, what I can be, in the world. Pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away. It's passing away. It's crumbling. It's a fallen world. Babylon is fallen. And the world passeth away, and the desire thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Little children, it's the last time. It's the last days. 1 John 5, 4. Let's go. Let's move. I want you to see that this is what God said in the 1 John before he made this statement. Because he that does the will of God, we're going to see what the will of God is about you loving the world or not. Here it is. 1 John 5, 4. Whatsoever or whosoever is born of God overcomes the world's system. Its way of thinking, its way of doing, its way of being. Hmm. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world's system, even our faith. Hallelujah. What to do? I'm actually going to read it. If you'll give me a few more minutes. My time is up. But if you'll just give me a few more minutes. Because there's a strong point at the end. And, and, and those of you that are in the messages. Which should be all of you. Because it's where you get your inspection from God. Inspects your heart. You try your own heart in the messages. To see what God would want to correct you in. You get your instruction, you get your revelation, you get your direction. You get everything you need for you to become a fully-fledged son of God that's fit and ready for the master's use in this time of God. You get in the message. Every message has got all of the living faith, active living faith ingredients in it for you to take to your heart and put in your life and put in your mouth and grow it in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, I want to read this to you, what I just read to you. 
in 1 John. Let me just see here. You don't have to put it up. Don't look for it. I'm going to just read it. I want you to listen. Okay. Please him. That word please, it's impossible to please. That word please, isn't that what Pastor John said? We come to church because we love him. We come to church because we want to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. To please him means to bring him delight and pleasure and delight, delight. He's so delighted when we are in our active faith. We're trusting him like Abraham, not considering our circumstances. He, we please him, right? So we want to please God. I'm going to read this to you from, the, from this translation. Don't set the affections of your heart on this world. And it says here, on this world system. Don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of the world. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. For all that the world can offer us, the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of the things of the world, the obsession with status and importance, none of these things come from the Father but from the world. This world and its desires are in the process of passing away. But those who love to do the will of God live forever. Dear children, the end of this age is near. Right? So then here it says, you see, every child of God overcomes the world, for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who are the world conquerors defeating its power? Those who believe. Selah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, what to do? What to do? I have no faith. I'm afraid. Why are you afraid? Why do you have no faith? Why, are you, why, why do you doubt what to do? Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. You cannot be strong in the Lord without having intentional relationship with him. You will not be strong in the Lord. You may try and use your willpower. But you will not be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might if you are not having intentional relationship with God, drawing your strength from your union with him, from your relationship with him through the word, through developing a working relationship by yourself with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6.10. Let's look at that. Finally, my brethren. Just that verse. My brethren, finally, I'm closing now. Finally, precious ones in heritage of faith, church. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Can you find the amplified? With that, please. Because that's where it says in the Amplified, draw your strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Draw your strength from your union with him. 
You have to be with him. You must be with him. You have to make time like Jesus. You have to send. You have to send the people. Go, go and do what you need to do. I have to be with my Father to pray. He's our example of intentional relationship with the Father. He was drawing his strength from his union with the Father. He couldn't say what he, what he wasn't hearing the Father say. He couldn't do if he wasn't seeing what the Father was doing. And how did he do that in intimate relationship with his Father? The Father longs. The Father longs. The Father longs for your intentional relationship with him. He longs for you to draw near. He longs for you to come hear him speak to you. He longs for that intimate relationship. Jesus' blood paid for it so that you can come anytime into his presence. Anytime. Hallelujah. So, there it is. In conclusion, today, Heritage of Faith people, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might supplies. Be strong is the word. The word strong is endunamu. Endunamu. And this is what it means. Be infused with an excessive dose of dynamic strength and ability. Let explosive power be deposited in you, into you. Receive a supernatural strengthening and internal deposit of power into your inner man. Have, have the faith of God. Have it. Be strong in the Lord. That's what's booming in my spirit. Have faith. Have faith in God. Have the faith of God. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, draw your strength from your union with him. That strength which his boundless might supplies. Hallelujah. I'm going to read that one more time. And then I'm going to pick up directly from here in my very first session that I teach you on the prayer weekend. Because I'm going to speak to you so mightily in the way that God has spoken so mightily to me about a strong, fortified spirit. Hallelujah. Be strong. Be infused with an excessive heritage of faith, people. This is my closing prayer to you. Father, this is what I pray. For these precious ones that are here today, that the word and the blood of Jesus surrounds them and protects them, and especially this word that came directly to them, that it will be deposited as it's been deposited in their hearts, that they will not let it go. They will not let it go. They will not disregard your word to them today. All the words that you've been speaking to us throughout all the months and the years that you've been speaking to us. Your spirit 
has the capacity to receive everything that is spoken to you, every message. Don't let the devil lie to you that there's too much and that you're lagging behind. When you sit there as a spirit being, receiving and listening, it's all going into your spirit. Right? Then he'll have you focus on certain things during the week. And you go with what he wants you to focus on out of the messages. Right? But everything is coming to you. Everything is coming to you. And so, Father, this is my prayer for them, that they be infused with an excessive dose of dynamic strength and ability. That they will let explosive power be deposited into them. That they will even now, Father, today, I believe they've received a supernatural strengthening. Father, today, by the power of your word and your anointing that resides within them, Lord, they, Lord, have an internal deposit of power into their inner man today, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father. We declare that together, Father. Hallelujah. We receive that together in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.